Hello friends and welcome to episode 461 of the Chairshot Podcast. We are back. It is Sunday. Uh, we've got another show for you. Um, our good friend Barry Murphy is absent. Um, I think he potentially overindulged during his trip to Liverpool mm-hmm. and needs a bit of recovery time. Um, either that or he's gone the Tony Schiavone route and he's contractually obligated to announce some American football games. I don't know. Maybe he's doing the Super Bowl? Yeah, there, I was going to say, there's a big one on today. Is it? Is this the final? Yeah. It's, it's the, like, I tell you what. The League Cup. No. It's the it's the Chiefs against the Niners. Ooh. Uh, I know the Chiefs are, I think, from Kansas City. Yeah. No, no idea yeah. what the Niners are or what that is. Um, isn't it the Forty Niners? Uh, possibly. I'm basing this entirely off today's mini New York Times crossword. Yeah, no, it's the Forty Niners. Okay, Forty Niners. The San Francisco Forty Niners, because that was where WrestleMania Thirty One. Uh, what was their was their statement? Well, listeners, so you can direct your complaints to New York Times. Is not my fault. Maybe it's like nickname, like all oh, the Niners, it's like saying United. You know. Yeah, United. The, hang on, let me Google this. The, oh, the Niners. The Niners. It does bring up the San Francisco 49ers. There you go. So maybe they are known as the Niners. Mm, we don't know, and we won't be covering it anymore on the show. What is a forty nine so, anyway? Ah, I, can't give a fuck. Um, I, I know a 99er that is a, a ice cream cone. Ooh, ooh, that's a nice ice cream flicking it. Yeah, good shit. They weren't even um, founded in 49, they were founded in 1946. That is madness. Oh, uh, right, so that's that done. Barry's not here, so, but we're going to, you know, good show for you. We'll be uh, talking a little bit of life, a little bit of moving off, and catching up with. What's been going on in the world of wrestling? Yes. Um, so, Paul, do you want to kick us off? Tell us uh, what your week's been like, what you've been up to. Yeah, so obviously last week was my first day at the gym. You might recall some clanging was done and a wee bit of banging, right? Yeah. So I went for day two to the gym. I further clanged and banged. That Ooh, was yeah. good. I was doing the... Um, what was I doing on day two? Yeah, just the ones where you're like, <laughs> the classic cliche of, you know, lifting weights with your arms. That's what oh. I was doing, yeah. As opposed yeah, to, like, classic. the first day, well, you know, first day I was doing the ones where you're like, with the dumbbells lying on your back, kind of pushing oh, them yeah. up. Yeah, this yeah, this yeah. was a lot more conventional bicep work. People um, do weird stuff now, don't they? Like, banging rope, big ropes. Well, I was doing some weird stuff on, on, on day three. I'll get to that now in a second. But, um, yeah. yeah, there was one guy sitting on a machine, and it's it, it looked like it was like, you know those um, Buck and Bronco mm. things people ride mm. in, you know, US bars or whatever? Yeah, it looked yeah, like one of them. Yeah. It had a big heavy weight on the front of it. And he was just kind of like leaning back, lifting up the weight, going back forward, letting it down again. I was like, what is he exercising exactly on that? I, I have no idea what that machine does or what it's for. Um, and frankly, I'm, I'm afraid of it, Joe. <laughs> I'm afraid of the things I don't understand at the gym. But uh, he looked right muscly, so I trust he knows what he's doing. Um, but yeah, I was doing a little bit of the one where you sit down and pull the thing down over your head. The, the yeah, big bar. Yeah, working yeah. at the lats oh the lats i mean i don't yeah. have a lat to speak of but I've, i'm told well, that's what it, yeah a big big old lats on me give it a week um 
And then day three was leg day. The dreaded leg day. Now, when I used to go to the gym, back pretty close to when we started this podcast, probably like 2011, 2012 was the last time I routinely mm. went to the gym. Mm. Leg day was a lot more um, on the machines where you're like, you know, doing the leg press, the one where you're like curl your leg around, to like stretch the hamstrings and those kind of ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, not anymore. Now leg day is like um, an obstacle course with weights. And I was like, oh, man, not ready for this. <laughs> so we did a bit of the leg press course. Leg, I leg press 100 yeah. kilograms. That was all not right. That's not bad. Um, and then we're doing, do you know the bit in like all sports movies or um, montages for like sports events where you see the, the people are like running down the field, pushing the metal frame thing? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, man, doing that. Did you do one of them? Oh, I did more than one of them, did four of them. Uh, that is very tiring. <laughs> very, very tiring. There's a, there was a lot of um, pausing midway to catch my breath doing them, uh, and also doing the doing lunges with mm. uh, with weights. So I had about twenty kilograms, and yeah. doing lunges up and down the field. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, but that was fine. That was okay. And then at the end, we after we had done the workout, we were doing some stretches as you do to, you know, prevent injury, ironically. Mm-hmm. And we're doing one stretch, which I was told is kind of a stretch the glute, right? So oh. it, imagine in your mind's eye, right? You're going down almost into, a, into a push-up position. Yeah. You bring one of your legs forward and kind of lay it flat on the ground in front of you. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. you kind of lower your upper body down to stretch the... Stretch the yeah. old the old ass muscle out. Right. So I was doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And as I lower myself down, little pop in the ribs. Oh no. So yeah, I, I trust me after three days going to the gym to injure myself, not even on a part of the workout, just a freak injury. Um stretching. Stretching, yeah. I don't know what I've and not not even the bit that I was stretching. I don't know if I've like cracked a rib or what. But this was on Thursday. And today is the worst pain it's been. Oh, God. That was three days ago. So, like, I was supposed to go back to the gym again today. And I had to uh, message my friend in the morning. I'm going to have to call it off. Because I, I won't be able to lift the weights or do anything. <laughs> because I'm mm, in too much pain. Mm, mm, mm. Um, I think maybe you went too heavy. Um, well, this was a stretch. Sounds like, like you. Say. Yeah, but obviously, you know... Maybe yeah, I, something, and afterwards it sort of pops in and out. You know, I don't know. I don't know what I did, but um, given that it's still sore, it's probably something like a, cra- yeah. a cracked rib or something. So there you go. Can you crack a rib? Uh, I believe you can. You could do like a hairline. Oh, little hairline fracture. But it sucks because um, typically I'm fine. Like I, I'm okay now. I'm, I'm, I can move around. It's not too bad. It'll only be like. Um, sitting up, sitting into and getting out of a chair is very sore because when yeah. you're lifting yourself up, you um, tense your your core, right? Also, sitting into a chair and then moving the chair closer to a table, I can't do mm. that anymore because that's the most painful thing. <laughs> um, 
what else can I not do? I can't... You know, if you're in bed and you're leaning to one side to if you have a laptop or something, I don't know, and you're watching a movie. I can't lean on my left side <laughs> because it's too painful. Oh, God. I can only oh. lean on my right side. Um, so, I don't know. If this is still... I'm, I, I've been off work all week. I'm back to work now tomorrow. If this is still like this come Tuesday, I'm going to have to go to a doctor. <laughs> Say, doctor, I've hurt myself. Um... So yeah, that's my <sighs> my my three. Um, it only took me three trips to the gym, and I've I've done myself uh, harm. So that's that feels bad. Yeah, it's been um, pretty bad. Maybe when you go back, just start you know, lightly. Just do a few stretches. For yeah. Hour. Well, no. When 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 they say right time to do this uh, stretch, I'll say no. I will skip that one. I'll do the ones that I can do and not injure myself, and I'll not do the one yeah. that I have a hundred percent injury rate. Because mm, mm, um, mm. honestly, if I if I had a little pulled glute or something, that would probably be less of an inconvenience than the oh yeah the current sore, injury I have. <laughs> just a tight tight bum muscle would be. That's all right. I'll take the fine. tight bum. So you just got to lean to one side a bit. Exactly. Or lean on the other side. That's I mean, you look good. like you're always on the precipice of a fart. Yeah, but uh, you are. That never comes. <laughs> you say, no, that's just... <laughs> it's an injury, I swear. Um, <laughs> well, I've been going to the gym as usual. Uh, no major issues to report. Mm. Um, just sort of going. I think I'm, I'm still taking it quite lightly, even though it's been a few yeah. weeks. It's not not going sort of as heavy as I can on the weights. just, you know, I like to kind of gradually build up, feel comfortable. And, um, I have started using the, the barbells more, though. Right. So normally I just use like the free weights, you know, one in each hand. Yeah. Um, because the barbells are a bit scarier. But started using one of those and doing some of the, you know, lifting it up, putting it down, lifting that up, <laughs> putting it back down, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So I'm getting, I'm feeling good with that. Right. Um, of course, it's also it was the first of February yesterday, uh, which means Veganuary is finally over. Um. Ooh. Yes, 31 days without any meat, fish, or dairy products. Right. So we got through it. We got through. We had Friday night, we had um, vegan Cornish pasties and chips from the, the chip shop, right. which was very nice. Um, yeah, I'm glad it's over because I really. It, every time you eat something, you kind of feel like there's just something missing. Right. You're like, hmm, this pasta's all right, but. Could do with a little cheese all all over it. You know what I mean? Or yeah, yeah it's just it's just little things. So it this burger is just two bits of bread. <laughs> yeah, we're um we're now into February and we've gone pescatarian. Okay, so, so it's pescatabuary. Pescatabuary. Okay. Um. So yeah, so we've got fish back on the menu, uh, eggs, cheese, milk, all of that good stuff. Right. Um, so it feels a lot easier than, than, than last month because it's like I just grab some fish, you know. Yeah. Nice bit of cod, a bit of salmon, mm. tuna sandwich, uh, have a lovely fried egg sandwich. I mean, Joe, some people call cows the fish of the farm. Uh, that is true. That is very true. Yeah, just. Um, that has been said. Yeah. So in a way, it's it's a fish heavy month. Yeah. Um. So so yeah, I'm looking forward. I think this will be this will be a lot easier. Uh, February is a shorter month as well. So although it is a leap year, so you do have an extra. Oh day, but... Jesus Christ! Oh, maybe we'll forget the 29th. We'll just I'll just have a whole cow. Just count. 
have a big stake on the 29th because it's a leap year, it doesn't count. Yeah. Um, yes, so that that is it. I've January over. Kind of glad it was going to be a bit of a pain by the end. And we, we got through it. Won't be doing it again. But uh, at least it was a kind of learning experience. Yeah. Um, also, and I know I don't normally talk much about work uh, on the podcast because uh, a bit boring, isn't it? Uh, in an office all day. Yeah. Um, but um, we launched our, our new website uh, this week, our company's new website, and I've been kind of leading that project. Uh, and so we, we had to launch it sort of out of office hours because if it was down during um, you know, work hours, people are trying to use our product. And so we had to wait until 6.01 on Friday to launch it. Okay. Um, so we're all kind of hanging around at 6 o'clock. Everyone's like downstairs refreshing their mobile phones to see if it was up yet, up yet, up yet. Finally, we got it working. And uh, anyone who follows me on Instagram might have seen me indulging in a little bit of the bubbly. Um, <laughs> so we had a we had a couple of magnums of Prosecco. It's like the really the big, really big bottle that they have at like Formula One and yeah. you know football and all that. Um, someone handed it to me to open, um, popped the old cork off, and of course, um, being the classy gentleman that I am, I just sort of tipped the bottle straight back into my mouth uh, as if I'd just won the Premier League. Um, which I don't think people were expecting. Um, it was a bit of a laugh, wasn't it? Um, so, <laughs> no backwash. Yeah, good. Yeah, uh, don't know if anyone drank from that bottle. <laughs> um, yeah, and of course, obviously, if you drink from a champagne or prosecco bottle, it just all goes. It's so fizzy. All the foam just goes up your nose, and then it all comes out all over the carpet. Um, but. Sod it. It's been a, a long project, a long time coming to fruition. So it was good to kind of get that done, get that celebrated. Mm, um, so, yeah, not not a bad week. Again, Yuri over, website over. Yeah. February is here. Speaking of celebration, I Ooh. am, and this is related to the gym going, uh, I'm once again eligible for the old cruiserweight division. So sign me up, baby. Two, 204? Uh, two, no, 205 exactly. Championship rate, two or five point zero. From so did you wear yourself in your pants? Uh, you not even you pants big... on. No, they had to put the towel around me. <laughs> you had a big sombrero on, <laughs> which had nacho cheese in it. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, down from down from two twelve on the thirteenth of January. So that's oh, that's progress, good. isn't it? Hang on. So you lost seven pounds in two weeks. Pretty much. Yeah, that's quite a lot, Paul. Just, you know, like I said with the gym, just... Oh, uh, there'll be no gym for a little while, so... Just, you know, because you might you might injure your eating muscles if you try and yeah, lose too yeah. much weight too quickly, so just steady steady pace. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. Well, I mean, now that it's the 2nd of February, it's probably... It's actually closer to about three weeks, but um, okay. we're getting there. No, the, the goal, like I said, five pounds a month is the goal. So. Yeah, and that's not too bad. Actually, a pound, like a pound a week or so. Isn't yeah, it? and I have an extra day to do uh, the race to two hundred. The old leap year this yeah. uh, this month. So, nice. yeah, awesome. Um, so, have you watched any telly this week, Paul? I have. I've watched quite a bit of telly, in fact, especially oh. on um, which night was it? Friday night, because. We went over to Natty's parents' house on Friday because they were having like a lunch on Saturday. And we had visited in a little while anyway, so we popped on by. 
and we stayed up until three in the morning watching RuPaul's Drag Race. I think, <laughs> including um, like they have the the main show and then a, a behind the scenes show called Untucked. I think between the two shows, we watched about seven or eight episodes in a row. <laughs> oh, um, and we finished season eleven, which is the most recent season. Um, very much enjoyed it. As I said last week, I'm I've been converted into a a mega fan. Um, season twelve starts twenty uh, eighth of February, so I'm ready and waiting for that. Uh, but in mm. the meanwhile, we've also started watching RuPaul's Drag Race UK, which is the UK edition. <laughs> what they did. This is um, new, isn't it? It's relatively new. It was on BBC Three. Um, I think uh, late last year, maybe Novemberish. Mm. Um, and it's different. It's different to the main to the main show, obviously, because it's a mm. lot more. It's a lot more English in its humor <laughs> and and characters. Um, I don't think it's. You've got quite the rate. Like I don't, I don't know what the drag scene is like in England. I don't know if it's big or not, but it seems that it's it's more kind of burgeoning than it is in the US. So a lot of the people on this, there's not quite the craft to it. It's not quite mm. as polished. Uh, but also, you don't have the the <laughs> literally. Rate. They're not quite as polished. The nails don't look quite as good, Joe. Um, but also, you don't get the the same range of characters as you do on the US one because you know in the US one you have the the more extreme drag where they they don't look so much like women as they'll have like they'd, they'd be like fish people or have wacky <laughs> fish people. <laughs> yeah, they, ah! it can be kind of more more. Yeah, we may at the end of February. <laughs> <laughs> it can be more kind of charactery than than that, or you oh, have yeah. the very like camp drag which is i guess what the uk is more familiar with yeah uh whereas on this uk edition they're all kind of the same they're just they don't just all look like women <laughs> um and very similar looks there's there's one on them who's a bit more campy and a bit more old-fashioned like that but apart from that it, it definitely has a feel of um you know a, a geordie shore but they're dressed as women do you know it's, it's it, it has that feel to it as a show it's the the American one has a very different feel. It's not quite as reality show feeling. It feels more like a competition, like a, almost more like a game show. This one has elements of what what is established in the UK as reality TV. It has that kind of feel to it. But uh, but RuPaul is on it, and he's you know fabulous and fantastic. And uh, Andrew Garfield was on it as a guest host. He was quite good on it. And Alan Carr. Um. Which I was sure to point out, that is Natty's surname. And I was like, that is you on the show. Um, oh, Alan Carr. Yeah, she not, she's not a fan of um, of Alan, Alan Carr, Carr, funnily. Because I guess every time like, she says her name, they go, oh, like the comedian. Like like that fella, yeah. Alan Carr. Yeah. Um, Maybe she's changed it to Norton. <laughs> Natalia Graham Norton. That's a funny Brazilian name. Um... But we just watched... Norton does sound like the name of a Brazilian footballer, though. Like, that randomly, they just have one called Norton. Graham Nortinho. Nortino. Um, we just watched the first episode of that, of that in the last, like, hour and a half. So, right before we started doing this podcast, we just finished the first episode. We might watch the second one afterwards. Um, 
But there's only eight episodes of the UK, so it's a very short season. Okay. It won't take me all the way, obviously, to um, to the end of February. But Natty is going to... There's like a live RuPaul show in the three arena here in Dublin. Um, oh. it's, it's the RuPaul Work the World tour. And she's going to that with one of her friends. And it has people on it who were on season 11 of Drag Race, which we just watched. And it also has mm. the winner of the UK series as like a mystery person. So we don't know who's going to win, obviously. But I said to yeah, her, yeah. Let, let's watch it since you're going to be see- seeing this live that you at least will know who this person is. you know. Um, but RuPaul himself is not going to be at the live show. What? A Wait, what? Yeah, it's, it's, he's not actually at it. Works the work. Fucking hell, he is working the world. What a worker. I'll get you next time, brother. <laughs> RuPaul only works the big towns. Fucking hell. Um, but that's I think that's all the TV I've watched all the other TV that I'm I'm watching was kind of put on hold because I only had patience to watch RuPaul I didn't want to watch anything else yeah um, but it's oh, great that's the thing now as well like, you know when you've got limited time you, know, you get home from work you've only got time to watch a couple of TV shows yeah so we end up just watching the same thing all week yeah because uh, there's just not time to watch it's tough when you know that your shows out there yeah, like um, I've started Watchmen uh, I just never got to the end of it. I never yeah. finished that last series of MasterChef, you know. And you've stuff in the queue, yeah. and you're like, "What? Well, I, I don't even want to watch those shows. I want to watch RuPaul now." And also, yeah. although I've been off work this week, I've also been trying to squeeze in all the Oscar movies. Um, the Oscars are next Oops. weekend, um, mm. and at the start of this week, I had eleven films still to watch. Oh God, um, eleven. Yeah, I now have um, I now have six, so six is doable. But uh, well, well, I'll tell you what, Paul. We've so many movies watched. We might as well uh, get straight into movie guff. Oh, what a second! Um, with uh, a few of your uh, fabulous Oscar-themed yeah. reviews, um, and that conversation I mean, I mean, actually goes also to the movies because there are movies that I want to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. that I I can't watch right now because I need to watch the Oscar movies first because they're more kind of time bound you've got to stick to a strict entertainment schedule <laughs> <laughs> pretty pretty much a very strict self-imposed schedule if only i could watch these movies that i want to watch <laughs> it's that's kind of the situation because you know um uncut gems obviously came out a couple of days ago you're going to talk about yeah. that yeah. Uh, i haven't had a chance to see it yet because it was not nominated in one of the nine categories that i you know watch all the oscar movies for um the lighthouse is one i still really want to watch oh yeah even oh, yeah. though i i didn't re- like the witch at all um the lighthouse looks like it's right up my my alley so I'm... as soon as the oscars are, are over i'm gonna go straight to watch uncut gems in the lighthouse just like back to back um but speaking of oscar movies i watched five more oscar movies this week Oh god! Um, meaning that, like I say, there are only six remaining. I have Little Women penciled in for tomorrow. Okay. And I'm going to go watch that with my mother. She, when I was speaking to her, I was saying that she really wants to see it, and I said, "Well, I got that illegally downloaded, bitch. <laughs> I come over and we'll watch it." So I have that penciled in for tomorrow, and then I'll have five to watch between Tuesday and you know Sunday evening. So. If yeah. I if I get to the weekend with like 
three to watch, I think that's fine. If I get to week to the weekend with four still to watch, I'll be in a very bad position. Uh, if I get to the weekend with one or two to watch, that would be fantastic as well. But uh, yeah, let me get through them. So, uh, first one I watched was... And jump in if you've seen any of these already, Joe. Mm. Uh, first I saw was Jojo Rabbit. The uh, Taiki, Taika Waititi um, World War Two film. Um, I know Barry was real big on Jojo Rabbit. I think he really, really enjoyed yeah. it. And from listening to uh, Mark Kermode's BBC uh, radio show, it seems like a lot of people are, are pretty much either loving it or kind of falling in the middle on it. Mm. Um, especially if you know people have relatives or whatever who fought in the war or, or found themselves in similar situations that the movie kind of covers. I I was one of the people who kind of fell more in the middle on it. Um, and I don't know if that's to do with the director just kind of not really doing it for me for whatever reason because I wasn't I didn't really love Thor Ragnarok either. And I know a lot of people love Thor. What? I, I know. All, I think, similar to Jojo Rabbit, all the pieces were there for me to love it. Like, Ragnarok had Goldblum in it, for instance. And um, and had that, you know, that tone that was established in, like, Guardians of the Galaxy, which I loved. And yeah, I don't know. I just kind of uh, it was fine. I, I I I don't think either of the movies were bad per se, but yeah, it was fine. And I kind of felt the same way about about Jojo Rabbit. It's got a very good cast. It has Sam Rockwell, who um who I thought was far better in another of the movies that I watched, um this week. Sam Rockwell. It has Waititi himself, obviously as Hitler, or as a, an imagined version of Hitler, um. It has who else? It is Scarlett Johansson, of course. Um, what's Rebel Wilson? I was gonna say, what's that Australian comedian's name? The blonde one, Rebel Wilson. Uh, yeah, it's got yeah. a, it's got a good cast. Um, the little kid who plays the titular hero is is also good in it. Um, but I don't think it's I don't think it's that funny. The the humor is way more. Uh, broad than I thought it was gonna be. Mm. It's it's not so much satirical as you know silly and mm-hmm. um. I think I think generally the film is is kind of hit and miss. Like Waititi is he plays Hitler obviously, um, and he's kind of an imaginary friend to the main character. So it's not so much Hitler as what the little boy thinks Hitler to be. And so, right. and so he kind of speaks with the voice of the little boy, not literally like it's Waititi's voice, but he speaks in a way that the boy would imagine, you know. Which means that sometimes mm. the humor is a little, a little childish in a sense, like "Oh, you're a stupid poo-poo head," you know, like that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And then sometimes it is more funny and it is more visual. But for every hit, there would be like a miss, and I'd go, "Ooh!" And sometimes it was kind of, you know cringy in, in, in how much you would miss. And sometimes it would be very funny in how much it would hit, but it was kind of scattered more than um, consistent. Uh, there's a bit in the movie about two-thirds of the way through that I thought was too 
God, it was it, it almost like trying to be American Beauty. It was like a very almost a, a forced artsy fartsy bit to kind of to try to increase the emotion of the of the moment that's happening but i i rolled my eyes at it and was like oh, mm-hmm. that's so mm-hmm. like that's something that i think that 20 years ago would have been more clever but now just kind of seemed derivative and a little bit like oh come on mm-hmm. um the for people who've seen the movie uh I'm speaking about uh, there's a specific butterfly that makes an appearance. And I'll say no more than that. But um, and and uh, the, what I want to uh, say is the immediate after aftermath of the butterfly, I thought it was powerful and I thought it was good. But the way it moved to that moment, I thought was was cheesy and was you know overly overthought kind of like mm-hmm. as if, as if you had you know Vince McMahon and the writers come up with like how are we going to do this <laughs> um and i think Waititi has a little bit of the Tarantino in that i think he he thinks he's a better actor than he actually is oh. and that he, he should stop putting himself in his movies so. oh here we go um because he's hitler but he he's doing a german accent but you can quite clearly hear his new zealand accent right um uh you know, there's there's there the there's bits of the movie I liked and there was bits of the movie that I didn't really care for. Um, I didn't think, like I said, I didn't think it was funny enough to work as as a an out and out comedy. Um, but I, I, you know, it wasn't s- serious enough to work as a drama either. So it kind of fell in the middle, and that's kind of kind of where I fell on it. You know, I I, I didn't dislike it. I know people mm. who who thought it was rubbish. I kind of give it a thumb to the side. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah. Okay. I definitely think it, were to win Best Picture, it would probably be the weakest Best Picture. Maybe since Crash. Oh, I didn't realise it was nominated. Yeah, it's a Best Picture nominee. Oh, that <laughs> seems a bit much. Uh, yeah, it is. It's, it's, a, it's a little bit much. It's, it's not that good. Which is, And also, it's not that kind of movie, which is all the more mm-hmm. bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um... Anyway. Does it have Steve Merchant in it though? Steve Merchant's in it, and Steve Merchant's very funny in it. Yeah. Um, but the scene that he's in is is while darkly comedic, it's supposed to be my inter- my interpretation anyway is that it's supposed to be kind of tense in, in the way that that opening scene of Inglorious Bastards is tense, right? Mm. And it's just not it's just not tense at all. Um it's that kind of movie. <laughs> Steve yeah. Merchant Merch was good in it. I did yeah, like yeah, Steve Merchant. Yeah. Um, I then watched a an animated movie on Netflix called "I Lost My Body," which Ooh. is a, a French movie. Oh yeah. And um, one of the first movies that I've watched entirely in French with no subtitles. Um, because although I speak a bit of French. I've oh a bit of French. Oh. I, I I'll always watch a French movie with, uh, sure, yeah. with even with French subtitles just to kind of get it, you know. Right, just to make sure you get everything. Yeah, and this was the first where I just kind of said, you know, I think I'm comfortable enough that I can watch the entire movie and not have subtitles mm. on. Um, and one thing that was interesting, and this was the first time I've really noticed this with a movie, is that I I think I stopped watching it halfway through to 
have dinner. I don't remember why. But at, at, there was a point where I came back to Netflix and turned the movie back on. And the audio and subtitle settings had reset back. And so it wasn't the original French audio, but it, the, the, the English dub, basically. And um, it, it was the first time I've noticed that, obviously, you know, a movie can be translated and can be dubbed. But this is the first time I noticed that hearing the English language version, like the film had a completely different feel to it. Um, because it's a very French film in, in the way not only that it's set in France and that it's in French, you know, in, in French <laughs> yeah. language, but like even the way the characters speak is very yeah, they go in French. No, but the way, the way it's written is is written in a very French point of view, and hearing it in English, like the the movie just loses that feel that it has. Like it yeah. doesn't feel French anymore. It feels like a different kind of movie. I've never really felt that. Like, there's been, well, there's been movies that I've watched in in original language and in English, and I haven't felt it as much as I felt it with this one. Mm. Uh, for whatever reason, it's um, it's weird. It's a movie of two halves. Essentially, it's about uh, a young guy who comes to have his hand chopped off in an accident, basically. And yeah. so, one half of the movie is like a backstory of this guy's life. And he doesn't have an easy life, let's just say. And then the other half is this weird adventure where the the debodied hand goes on an adventure to be reunited with the body. And it's it's a nice counterpoint because you've one half which is very fantastical, and I don't know, I don't, I, I don't even know what to interpret from it. Like it's just it's it's very weird and strange and then the 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 real life story in inverted commas is very kind of mundane and very eh, you know mm. very unfantastical let's say and so you have these two halves of the movies which work together um but do work together weirdly given how different they are and there's nice little recurring motifs um that play you know between the two the two halves uh, the score is really great as well. Really nice um, synthy score. Actually reminded me a bit of uh, It Follows, which had mm. a, really, a really great score. It's a completely mm. different kind of movie, but it had a similar kind of sound to it, which I really enjoyed. Interesting. Um, and yeah, I, 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 overall, I think I, I quite liked it a lot. I, it kind of lost me, lost me a bit in the middle, but towards the end when all the strings start to tie together there's some really great stuff in there it was really good so thumbs up for that one uh i watched a movie i was very excited to see which is richard jewel uh which just came out in cinemas uh, over here in the uk um i don't know if there's something you've been looking into yourself joe um no i've not heard of this this is the paul hauser uh excuse me, paul walter hauser movie you might recall him from being the best thing about I, Tonya. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> who, who was he in I, Tonya? He's the... Oh, is he like the friend? Yeah. He's the oh, guy yeah, who, yeah, 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 who yeah, yeah. thinks he's the bodyguard or whatever. So he's the star... Oh, yeah, he was movie. great. He's the star of this movie, Richard Jewell, um, which is about the uh, terrorist bombings that happened during the 96 Olympics. And that he, Richard Jewell, was... The 
security guard or whatever who who discovered the bomb and in his quick actions to move everybody away and so on saved mm. hundreds of lives right but because of who he was and because of his profile the fbi started to investigate him as a potential suspect and it became a kind of a media circus and so he plays the the, the lead character now let me tell you this movie you could although the only oscar nomination from it was kathy bates uh best supporting actress you could have had four performance nominations from this one paul walter hauser brilliant sam rockwell who i haven't really liked in the last movies i've seen him in excellent Mm. in it olivia wilde excellent in it kathy bates um some really great performances it's it's uh clint eastwood directed by the way which I think is kind of flowing under the radar. I don't think it's doing very well mm-hmm. at the box office. And mm-hmm. I think the fact that Eastwood directs it isn't really so well known. Like, I, I kind of, yeah, in watching it, that. forgot that it was directed by him. Um, But I really, really liked it. Yeah, he played Sean Eckert in uh, I, Tanya. Mm-hmm. He was also in Black Klansman. Um, he I is, think movies with just a bloke's name in are never going to do as well. That's true. Like John, That's true. John Carter, Richard Jewell, yeah. Michael Clayton. Yeah. Boring. Yeah. Tell us more. John Wick, though. Uh, well, that's true. That is true. Um, he He's great. Paul Walter Hauser. He is so, so funny. He's not necessarily funny in this movie, per se, because it's not really a comedy movie. It's, it, it's mm, more a mm. drama. But, um, he is he's very charismatic and very 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 funny in 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 a kind of physical <laughs> way even though the the role he's playing is is not funny and i thought i thought it was really great i thought it was really really good um i think it 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 did have elements of kind of i guess spotlight to it obviously it's mm. not it's not about the same uh topics as spotlight covers but it, it does have to do with like the media handling of a of a case and their involvement in it um and yeah it's just a really a really interesting story kept my attention throughout the performances in it are great across the board um yeah and it's 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 funny without being a comedy it's 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 not a really heavy mm-hmm. movie either um because richard jewell because he's in, he's he's kind of a a wannabe cop, I guess, in a sense. Mm. He's 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 almost kind of deluded um, to the point that you know his lawyer will be there saying, "Don't talk to these FBI guys." And the lawyer, played by Sam Rockwell, he'll turn around for two minutes. He'll turn back around, and Richard Jewell is is being interviewed by the FBI, and he's like, "Well, they're the FBI. They, you know, he he respects the badge and whatever." Even though he's putting the nail in his own coffin, in a way. <laughs> you know? Mm. Um, no. Really, really, really big thumbs up on, on Richard Jewell. I thought it was great. Nice. Uh, one, one to watch, especially if you weren't aware of it. It's very, very good. Um, I watched Ford versus Ferrari, known over here as Le Mans 66. Le Mans. Le Mans. 66. Um... <laughs> Starring Chris, Matt, Damon. Matt Damon, Christy Bale. Christy Bale. Um, 
I I liked it. I I don't think it's it's a, a thumb all the way up. It's maybe a three quarter thumb up. Mm. Maybe a three three and a half star deal. Um, it's very long. First of all, it's two and a half hours long. Two hours thirty. Oh. Minutes, I think. Oh. The first hour of it is ungodly boring. Um, mm. once it gets going, it's it's it. You know the 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 racing, which makes up most of the movie. Is done in a very, um, very good way. If not, you know, does it doesn't feel so dangerous as maybe it should, but it is exciting. It is, excuse me, the strongest part of the movie. Christian Bale, I thought was great in it. Matt Damon is a bit more understated, and he wears a cowboy hat in most of it, which is one of my little pet peeves. Um, <laughs> fucking America. Can we get rid of the cowboy hat finally? You, yeah, you all look like six-year-olds. <laughs> Can we lose the cowboy hat? Come on, the cowboy hat. It's ridiculous. Um, uh, there is a, a a villain in in inverted quotes. He's kind of the the underling to Henry Ford the second. He comes mm. off a little too kind of pantomime villain in it to me. And also, there's the the Christian Bale character has has a son in the movie, who is, in my opinion, cast way too old for the kind of character they play. Because their character, all they say in the entire movie is, Mom, what's happening? Mom, why did he do that? Like, in an exposition kind of way. But this kid's like 13. <laughs> and um, he is involved with Christian Bale with the cars. Like, the scenes of them, like, on the track, and he's watching everything he does. So why is this kid confused by everything? And why is he like, Mom, what's going on? And that annoyed me a little bit. Especially because it happens during the like action scenes, the, the, the race scenes, right? It'll cut away from the nice, exciting race that you're watching to the dumb kid and his mother at home watching on TV and he's going, Mom, why is he slowing down? Ah, oh, rubbish. But overall, the movie was good. <laughs> overall, it was good. I wish they cut out some of that first hour because nothing happens in the first hour, um, uh, and yeah, you know, Christian Bale's good. In the, I think it, this one was only nominated for best picture. It didn't get any act, acting nominations or directing, which is weird. But um, mm. again, a weird one for best picture. Like it's good. It's good. Mm. I thought it was that good. Um, and then finally. One that was almost a little gem, but uh, almost, almost, but made a similar mistake to to Ford Ferrari, <laughs> uh, which was the Two Popes, another Netflix movie, starring uh, Anthony Hopkins and uh, what's the other lad called Jonathan Price. Jonathan Price, yeah. Let me tell you, Joe, the first hour of this Which, movie was so enjoyable, was such a delight, because mm. it's. Um, Anthony Hopkins playing Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. Yeah, and it's Jonathan Price playing Pope Francis, aka the current Pope, <laughs> the reigning Pope, <laughs> the reigning and defending Pope, undefeated. <laughs> and the first hour of the movie is just them like chatting and having debates. And it's so great. And it's funny and it's silly. Um, and it's so, so, so enjoyable. Because um, they're great. And, and it, it's almost like 
God, it's almost like something out of a sitcom. You have like Pope Benedict Ratzinger. He's like the conservative, uh, humorless Pope. And then you have Francis, who's like, makes jokes, is a huge football fan, and is a little bit more progressive. And they're having a bit of a lad. A bit of a bit of a. And they're like Chan, and oh, so you, so you don't believe this? So you think the church is is what you believe, not what has been taught for ten thousand years? And then blah blah blah, and they just have these little like old man arguments, but it's so endearing, and their performances are both so good. Mm. I I could have watched just like two and a half hours of that, but then like after forty five minutes to an hour of this like really really enjoyable film. It like cuts to flashbacks of Francis in Argentina as a younger priest, and then mm. suddenly you don't have Jonathan Price or Anthony Hopkins. You just have this this boring flashback that goes on for like half an hour, and then you finally get back to what you kind of signed up for in the first place, which was Anthony Hopkins and Jonathan Price being silly. And there's one bit where they like they order pizza and Fanta and they're sitting there eating pizzas and oh you know the Pope used to have Jesuits who would taste the food to make sure the Pope was not poisoned I'm sure we, we have lost some Popes because of a lack of Jesuits and then Francis oh you want me that I taste your pizza for you oh no no this is my pizza don't touch you know it's just <laughs> it's, the, it's the weirdest wackiest little double act for like 75% of it. And that stuff is yeah. so enjoyable and so much fun. Um, I highly recommend people watching on Netflix. And as soon as the flashback begins, just fucking skip the entire thing <laughs> until it's back to them too. Um, because that 30-minute flashback is so unneeded. Like, the, the idea is, um, as happened in real life... Uh, Pope Benedict resigned at one point and Francis became the Pope, right? And Pope Francis has uh, concerns that he would be suitable for the role because of things that happened in his past in Argentina. And that could have been, you know, integrated into the conversation rather than this this really boring flashback scene that doesn't in- <laughs> doesn't include either of the actors that I, I'm, I'm already invested in and, and in- enjoying watching. Um, and it's all subtitled in Spanish. So that's my recommendation. Watch 75% of the movie. Skip that bit in the middle. That's in black and white. Don't watch that bit. Rubbish. But yeah, very, 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 very fun. Ooh, sounds great. That's all I watched. Yeah. We'll give that a go. Yeah. Um, I've got a couple of, a couple of movies to, to review. Um, this one, not even a review, but I just had on uh, Lethal Weapon. Uh-huh. Which I haven't watched in many, many years. Um, the movie is kind of not aged as well as a film that is actually quite similar to Die Hard. Um, so Lethal Weapon actually came out the year before Die Hard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also set at, in LA at Christmas, right? Uh, which I forgot. And it also features a kind of wacky, um, sarcastic cop in the form of Mel Gibson as uh, Riggs. Um, but I think the the only notable things are the how similar it is to Die Hard, which I, I did forget, and also the constant use of sort of sexy jazz music uh, in the background, which I think was a, a staple of kind of eighties, maybe early nineties 
erotic uh, cop movies. Okay. Just, no, but regular films as well. But I know, I know exactly the kind of thing you're talking. You know about. exactly yeah, the yeah. kind of. It's like especially down the street, especially it's... kind of those films set in like L.A. or New York. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's kind of sexy jazz with a sexy film. I must concede, I've never seen Lethal Web. Really? I, would, I kind of watch it just for posterity. I've only it... ever seen Loaded Weapon 1. <laughs> um, the National Lampoon parody with yeah. Sam Jackson, for yeah. some reason. I've never seen the, uh, the actual... I've never seen any of the Lethal Weapon films. It's, it's, it's a fun enough film. Um... Danny Glover's good in it. It's it's fine. I I, I kind of had it on while I was doing other stuff because I didn't want to sort of watch it properly. But yeah, it was that was fun. Um, the other thing I watched was uh, Uncut Gems, um, Adam Sandler movie that has uh, caused a lot of debate and discussion. Yeah, the past few weeks it is on Netflix. Um, if if you want to watch it, you don't have to go out. You can just sit at home and watch it. Um, I've. I'd never seen a movie. It's by um, two brothers, the Safdie brothers, who are directors, uh, writers, uh, I believe actors as well. I've never seen any of their movies before. Right. I wasn't that familiar with them. Um, I know they did a movie with Robert Pattinson. Good time. Yeah, that I think. Did you have you reviewed that? I know Barry was very yeah, good on it. It's excellent. So I want to yeah, I want to watch that next. But I wasn't really familiar with them. But I'd heard a lot about this and thought, oh well, let's give it a watch on Netflix. Um, Thought it was brilliant. <laughs> Thought it was great. Um, it, it's it's about Adam Sandler plays a a jewelry dealer in New York um, who's a who's a gambling addict. And that's that's kind of all you really need to know. Um, I don't go too much into the plot, but it's it's such a kind of frenetic movie and a very anxiety-inducing movie as well. Like every scene. It never really lets up from start to finish. It's just this kind of constant anxiety about what's kind of happening and what's unfolding, and and the, the movement, the camera, and the placement of it, and the, the dialogue overlapping, and all this kind of stuff. It's just constant. It never lets up for sort of two hours and fifteen minutes, um, and it, it it's kind of a, a sort of marvel to watch. Really, it's a brilliant performance by Adam Sandler because he can act. You know, yeah. he can. He's really good when he's not. Um, you know, just farting or dressing as a woman for, for 90 minutes. Um, but it, I, I thought it was great. The score is really, really good as well. It kind of reminded me a bit of uh, Drive, mm. quite a sort of 80s synth electronic score. Um, there's lots of other kind of good, very authentic performances in it as well. Um, yeah, I went I went for the big four and a half stars Ooh. on Letterboxd. Very nice. I was I was kind of I was kind of four, and I thought actually fuck it four and a half, because <laughs> um, it it was just so good. Um, kind of some fun sort of cameos in it as well for various people. It's kind of weird supporting and kind of background characters as well. Kind of a lot of sort of interesting casting choices, uh, which I appreciated. Um, so I'm looking forward to checking out the the rest of their catalogue. Um, I think the other thing to say is there was a bit of a backlash against the movie, I think, from Adam Sandler fans who weren't expecting... <laughs> who uh, thought it would be a comedy. Yeah, we were expecting uh, 82 minutes of uh, Adam Sandler in the Bahamas uh, 
shit, shitting himself or whatever he does. In Landing crotch first on a tree branch. Yeah. Oh, my yeah, balls. She's my sister. And that sort of thing. Because um, on, on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 92% critic score and a 52% audience score. Right. Um, which is pretty dramatic. Kind of divergence. Um, but I'd give it a big, big thumbs up. I've heard a lot of people who didn't like it. And it's weird, not because it was they thought it was a bad movie, but that they just couldn't take the the anxiety of watching it, mm. which is interesting. Like walkouts from cinemas because they just couldn't take it anymore. And then one person I heard on again on the Kermode show said something like, "You know, none of the characters were like sympathetic or likable." Yeah, that's the kind of movie you're watching. I don't know. Like, yeah, that, that, that's the that's the characters. That's the point of it. Yeah, it's a movie. What? What you want to watch, my friend, is The Lion King. <laughs> um, yeah, Toy I would, Story. I'd highly recommend Good Time as well. Um, I, like, if you liked Uncut Gems, like for the reasons that you, you've you've this explained there, I think Good Time is without having seen Uncut Gems. I think Good Time is a similar kind of movie. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, it is, it is very frenetic. Um, yeah, Robert Pattinson's tremendous in it as well. Um, and it's a shame that neither of the films have kind of got the the award yeah. respect that maybe they they deserve. That's what I was going to say. I could. I'm very surprised it didn't get anything. Uh, more, I got no Oscars nominations, did it? I don't think. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think it did, which is really surprising. Yeah. Because um, of the start, maybe it's just too kind of a weird a movie for the Oscars to. Yeah. Get their head around. They need something about Nazis or war or Tarantino yeah. um, to kind of get a hold on it. But uh, yeah, that was good. That was good. Um, lots of good movies out. Um, do you have an email for us, Paul, that you would like to read? I do. Let me open, open up my my mailbox here. Got a couple of, I've got an email as well. So we've got a couple of emails. Let's get through, then we'll get to the, the wrestling business for the week. Uh, this email's from Michelle. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday again to Michelle from last week. Subject, Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, she says, hi, Paul. I know you like to watch all the Oscars films. And I was wondering, do you think Jake Gyllenhaal will ever win an Oscar? I know. I see he's only been nominated once for Best Supporting Actor in Brokeback Mountain, but he's so talented and his range is wild. He plays so goofy in, like, Bubble Boy or Okja. Again, I've not seen Okja yet. I've actually not seen Bubble Boy either. (laughs) Uh, But then he plays sinister and scary stuff like Nightcrawler. I definitely think Nightcrawler was a big snub. um, Because I don't remember that year being... Yeah. Super um filled. That wasn't the year um Red Main one, was it, for the Stephen Hawking film? Oh I can't remember. I don't remember. I don't remember which year that was. But um let me have a quick Google. No call it was twenty fourteen, so twenty Yeah, it wasn't this year before. Twenty fifteen Oscars. Uh, yeah, it was McConaughey one for Ballast Palace Dyers Club. Uh, let's start. Christian Bale, American Hustle. Yeah, I think, I think 
Gyllenhaal might have fit in there instead. Bruce Dern, Nebraska. Well, I love Nebraska, so I'm biased on that, obviously. Leonardo DiCaprio, Wolf of Wall Street, and Chiwetel Ejiofor for 12 years slave. I think he'd probably take Christian Bale out there and put put in Gyllenhaal. I think Gyllenhaal was better in Nightcrawler than uh, Bale was in American Hustle. And uh, American Hustle was uh, kind of a, a pile of shite, if you ask me. <laughs> um, there was one good scene where they come in all swagging, and there's like fountains mm-hmm. going off. rest of the movie was bollocks. Sorry. Yeah. Um, will he win an Oscar, Gyllenhaal? I think he's probably young enough that. It's got yeah another he's got time years. on his side. I mean, you know, once these uh, Irishman stars start dying off, there's going to be spaces for him. <laughs> once De Niro and uh, Pacino kick the old bucket, um, I don't know. I, I at the same time, I think Gyllenhaal went through a really good period from like. 2013 to 2015 yeah and he's he's almost kind of come down from that so i don't know if you know he he wasn't kind of really acknowledged during his peak there where he made some really Mm. great stuff nightcrawler included um enemy i love some of the villeneuve movies um so i don't know (laughs) hopefully i'll see you know who else is uh of course never won an oscar go on kirk douglas well, he's still got time. Do you think that's why he's hanging on? So get a, give, oh. me, give me the fucking Oscar. Although, that being said... Get the, uh, <laughs> uh, Although, that being said, he's not been in much recently. So, I don't know if he's... Uh, <laughs> he's waiting for the right... Mm. The right part to come along. I don't know if he's, he's uh, going with a bit of a strange uh, tactic there. Um, Michelle continues another actor I really love is Ethan Hawke mm. uh, and he's been nominated uh, mostly for screenwriting but never won for acting thoughts on him ever winning thanks well I mean I, I kind of think the same for Ethan Hawke a lot of the movies that he've, he's been in and hasn't won for I kind of struggle to think what more can he do <laughs> like you know Link Letters before Trilogy. I think he's really excellent mm. in. He did that one. What was the Paul Schrader one a few years ago where he was a priest that he was oh, really great in? God, yeah, um, yeah. First Reformed. Yes. He was great in. And I think, that, I think that one only got nominated for screenwriting. I don't think that he got a nomination for that one. Mm. So, like, what, what more can Ethan Hogg do? Still not be nominated for it. I don't know. I, I think he, he's very indie. He only really does proper indie movies. And I think that will kind of stop, unless he wants to kind of sell out and make some sort of mainstream, like, you know, play a soldier or something, or do a biopic. Yeah. Then he might have a trouble. But I don't think doing these kind of movies that he does, uh, he's, he's, he would ever win an Oscar. Mm. He's, a, he's a bit further down the road than Joe. He's, well. he's the people's champion. Yeah. He doesn't need a bloody Oscar. Uh, so thanks very much, Michelle. That's my Michelle. email. Um, I've also got an email from Michelle. Um, subject for January. Was wondering, in all honesty, what were your favourite meals from vegan January? Thanks. Um, I would say there were a f- couple of standouts. So we had a very nice uh, cauliflower and spinach curry. Um, which is very, very tasty. You have that with a bit of rice, some poppadoms, maybe an onion bhaji, if you're, if you're feeling peckish. 
mm-hmm. um, that was very tasty. Would happily have that again. I don't. I would say actually that Indian food works better when it's vegetarian or vegan rather than with meat, and I think that's because obviously most sort of Indian cuisine would traditionally have been that veget- uh, vegan, mm. um, and I think that you know sticking chicken and lamb and stuff in it's probably more of a Western thing. Um, so that was great, and then also I made a lentil shepherd's pie, um, replacing the mints with lentils. I think that was delicious. Would happily eat that again as well. Um, outside of that, the only things I can remember are like things that aren't really vegan meals. So like, we had, uh, you know, some lovely chips from the chip shop yeah. with a pasty, vegan pasty. Doesn't really count because kind of yeah, a lovely bag of chips any any day of the year. Uh, or like beans on toast, you know. Sure, technically beans on toast is vegan, but it's beans on toast. It's lovely. You're not going to count it as vegan. Um, so they would be they would be the two meals that I would kind of um, have again. Oh, also we had uh, vegan toad in the hole, uh, which for those who don't know is sausages cooked in uh, Yorkshire pudding, which is like pancake batter, and you cook it, and it's lovely. And we had some vegan one, vegan ones of those, which were very, very nice. So that'd be my top three uh, vegan meals for January that I would, I would be happy to have again. So thank you for that email, uh, Michelle. Um, so that just leaves us, Paul, to talk a little bit about uh, professional wrestling. Ah, yes. Um, was there any TV shows you've watched this week that you wanted to quickly review? Uh, I only watched Dynamite. Okay. Which was the first show back off the boat. So back in the arena now. Yeah. Um, off the top of my head, Joe. Can't remember a single thing that happened on it. <laughs> um, yeah. It was, it was one of the, I think they were all still hungover from the boat trip. Yeah, possibly. It was, it was fine. It wasn't like a boring episode, but it was kind of just sort of passed Mox, over me. Moxie came out there with his eye patch on. Yeah, this opening bit, that opening bit was good. And then, I remember that. Yeah, he fought 15 Then he fought like, like 15 blokes, yeah. Uh, that was fun. I enjoyed that. That was all right. Yeah, but then there was kind of nothing to follow that up. I mean, maybe they should have kept that for the end. Yeah. Um, young Bucks beat the Butcher and the Blade. Nice to see the Young Bucks win a match instead of laying down for every fucking team that comes in. Um, Nyla Rose defeated Big Swell. Uh, must admit, I skipped this one. Oh, poor. That's very uh, did not have the patience for some shite. For uh, sure. Cody then defeated Kip Sabian in a not very good match. Kip Sabian's not very good. I'm going to throw that out there. Um, well, I don't know. I didn't mind. He, him. He's fine. He is fine, but God, he's just got nothing to him. I did like when uh, Janela popped up in the middle of their kiss. That was very funny. Oh, it's me. got a very. F- very funny face. He does. Uh, he got very bad teeth, though. That adds to it. Oh, I like that. That adds. <laughs> I like wrestlers should have bad teeth and fat bellies and things like that. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think Cody. I think it was almost a waste of Cody for a week to be in a kind of a nothingy match. Although I do love, and maybe not for the right reasons, but I love when Cody comes up for his dramatic entrance. And he comes up from below, and he's just got like little stout Aaron Anderson there. Oh yeah, <laughs> with his little, his little laminated, uh, <laughs> his laminated page tactic card. Yeah, 
I didn't get it right because it seemed like what makes most sense to me is that that sheet would be some kind of you know play sheet with the ver- mm-hmm. Cody's various moves on it. And he's like, we gotta go for this play here, brother. Go for go for this move. What but then Exc- Excalibur said in commentary that it was like a scouting report. I don't know right. why, why would he bring a scouting report out with him during the like. Surely that would be something that would be gone over beforehand. Yeah, and bring read, read it, I read it beforehand. I yeah. don't get why he would bring that to the ring with him. But mm. Anyway, I don't know. Uh, what else happened? Britt Baker had a good little interview. Yeah, it's a bit more interesting now. Yeah, I still think that she's fairly poor. I don't know. I, 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 I'm not a big fan of the women's division AW at all. So maybe maybe it'll, it'll get there, but I think it's just there's such a limited talent pool in WWE. Signed most of signed everyone good, and yeah, it's it's, it's very so they have to have a women's division, but it's tough to to find the talent. I did like when you called out Jim Ross. Uh, Jim Ross is just sitting there all sad. No, Jim Ross. Well, quite frankly, ex, I have no idea who this woman is or what her problem is with me, but uh, she called me an asshole. <laughs> Uh, what else happened? Jack Evans and Angelico reappeared after two months and were beaten. And then Dark Order came out. What do you think the odds are that Christopher Daniels is the higher power or whatever the Dark Order are talking about? The exalted Hmm. one? That's interesting. I thought that. I feel he he will turn out to have been the it was me all along, SCU. Y'all bought it. Even Cares, even my friend Cares bought it. Uh, then there was a pack video, which is very weird, with him in a park in his underwear. Oh, yeah. Yeah, full gay wanker. I didn't quite get what that was about, but okay. I like that in his video, he made reference to the fact that like, the Omega pack storyline just seemed to have been dropped <laughs> mid-story. With him winning the tag yeah. house instead, and now he's like, "Oh, don't forget about that." Almost as if they had forgotten about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then the main event was quite fun. I liked the beat down of Darby Allen and uh, Moxie running down with the baseball bat. Baseball bat is a weapon you don't see as much in wrestling anymore, like you used to. No, no, and it's, it's a good one. It kind of makes sense because you know people use baseball bats for self defense and things, and, and they're often in sports arenas anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of more logical weapon. Yeah. Than a, I don't know, sledgehammer. Um, although he did have to do an especially more awkward when you're beating up a sequence of people with the old mm. stab to the stomach, back across the back. Stab to the stomach, yeah. back across yeah. the back. <laughs> like, come on! <laughs> Rather than just swinging it around. Like swinging it wildly. Like, which is what you would actually do. I like that they used a skateboard on Alan. That was a nice little touch. Yeah, yeah. And cool. AW doing this new thing that I can't claim that I've seen very much before, but the, like whipping people with the championship belt, oh, with the plates yeah. of the belt. I quite like that. Hmm. I can't say I've seen yeah. much of that before. Um, but yeah, that's good. That's good. Um. I mean, it wasn't a bad dynamite. It kind of felt more of a fillery episode. Like, you had a lot of people on it, like um, Kip Sabian and Jack Evans mm-hmm. and Jellico, who maybe 
I don't want to say are the geeks of Dynamite, but you know, it didn't feel like a blockbuster can't miss show, even though the content was was fine throughout. And then we're getting Moxley yeah. and Ortiz next week. I am looking forward to that. That sounds good. That sounds good. Ortiz is fun. Um, yeah, they do build to these kind of bigger TV shows quite often, so it's, it's you know, and they deliver enough. You can have the odd show that's a bit more, yeah. bit more sedate. Um, other than that, I've been I caught up with NWA Power because uh, I was getting quite a bit behind, um, but I've now only got one one episode to go, which is the the post BP uh, pay per view one. Uh-huh. Um, so it's been pretty good. Um, Scott Steiner showed up, cut a mad promo. Uh, looked about for 90 in the ring uh, with his little bald head and he's I swear he shrunk about 8 inches like he's a, a tiny looking little man now compared with all the other the other wrestlers uh, which is a shame because he was obviously quite an Adonis in his prime but uh, he was good um, they'd have a, have a lot of good segments it's just kind of fun stuff fun wrestling Nick Aldis has been great his feud with Ricky Morton has been really kind of Slow burn and, and well done. Um, overall, just yeah, big thumbs up and and uh, Stuce Bennett as well has been fantastic on commentary. I think way better than Cornette. Um, Cornette had the kind of nostalgia and the throwback thing, but I think Stu's actually quite a good commentator. Mm. He actually kind of sells it a lot better and feels a lot more current. So uh, yeah, really good show. I really, did see really an interview segment. I don't know if it was from Power or what it was from exactly. With uh, Aldis and Mary Skrull. Yeah, that was from this week. That was which I haven't seen. Yeah, very good. Well, obviously, I'll say yeah. no more about it. But um, yeah. Aldis has got a very good, like, confident delivery. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, good public speaker. He's got good, good public <laughs> speaking skills. Um, like he doesn't talk yeah. too fast, or he doesn't he doesn't give off any air of nervousness. You know. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I don't watch Power, but watching that one little interview, I was like, "Whatever these boys are talking about is very, very important, <laughs> and I need to be paying attention." <laughs> yeah, I need to listen to this. It's very good. Yes, so in a bit Power is great. Um, other than that, a little bit of news: so WWE um, fired two of their top executives yeah. uh, this week: George Barrios and Michelle. Wilson? Yeah. Is that her name? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I can't remember their position. They were for some president's vice president or something. But big, big deal. They've both been there for like a decade. Um, been involved in like the network, the TV deals, a lot of the kind of licensing and everything. Fired out of the blue this week. Yeah. Um, no one really knows why yet. The stock price um, dropped by about 20%. Um, and it seems like there's no kind of succession plan either, so there's no one in place to sort of take over from them. So no one really knows what's going on. It could mean that the qu- quarterly results that are coming out soon are really bad, mm. or it could mean something worse, or it could just have been that Vince got fed up with them. Uh, we don't really know. Any speculation, Paul? What do you think? I think that they they might have been lovers of Vince McMahon, spurned lovers, oh, perhaps. Okay. Um, okay. No, I don't know. George Virus was one of the strangest-looking men in the world. Um, 
is if you look if you look George Barris up on Google Images, every photo of him looks like it's been photoshopped. He doesn't look like a real person. His his hair is very tall. Well, his head so, is very tall, and his forehead is very. It's like he's accentuating the length of his head <laughs> by having such high hair. I'm looking at this. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking at a picture of him now. I don't know if it's the same one you're looking at. It's on Pro Wrestling Sheet. Right. Yeah. He's on the left. And his, his forehead is actually bigger than the rest of his face. <laughs> <laughs> it's very odd, isn't it? I mean, uh, Michelle, whatever her name was, Wilson, did we say? Yeah. Why not? She looks a bit like. Like that could be Terry Runnels doing that job. She looked you got a bit of the Terry Runnels to her. Sure. Um sure. I don't know. I don't know who these people are or what they do, but they got fired. So they probably got a nice big fat severage package. Oh, I'm sure they got millions. Millions, millions Lots millions. of money and they say, Well, take your fake company and we'll go get real jobs. Yeah. Um there were some rumours that Maybe uh, Vince was looking to sell WWE. This is why they were fired. But that sounds like bollocks. Um, A, because I don't think Vince would ever actually sell. Because it's his little bubble where he gets to be a real real person. Yeah. Like, powerful and over a businessman. Whereas, of course, he's failed at everything else he's ever tried. So Well, XFL is coming back soon. Ooh, BB. Um... And also, if you did want to sell your company, why would you tank the share price by sacking two of your top executives so that it's worth less money? Not, not a good idea. So, yeah. I think it's probably just overall the results are terrible. And just like when they hired Heyman and Bischoff, um, as a bit of a sticking plaster. I think this is the same kind of thing. Do you think there's a certain amount of scapegoat? Yeah, they just need to kind of show that changes are being made. Yeah. Uh, when in fact, obviously, they're, they're not whatsoever. But uh, yes, we shall see. I'm sure there should be more fallout uh, from this throughout the rest of the year. Um, other than that, the only other thing I was going to mention was the, the WrestleMania card, which seems to be coming together. Taking shape, yeah. Um, and it doesn't actually look too bad. So you've got Drew and Brock. Uh, coming off the rumble, uh, and I quite like the fact that you've got, um, you know, someone who's not been a world champion, not kind of main event guy, winning the rumble, getting the title shot against the big, you know, established champion. It's mm. quite quaint. I think it's been quite a while since WWE have done that. Yeah, it has been um, a bit of Batista feel to it. Yeah. From way back. So, um, so I think I'm actually quite looking forward to that. And if Drew main events and wins the title, that'll be a, a great moment. Um, Edge Orton. I didn't see the segment from Raw, but apparently people. It was very good. It. it was very good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that kind of bodes well as well. Uh, and then you've got Roman Bray Wyatt. Uh, so you know. Anyway. <laughs> that's, <laughs> I'm over that. that's that's shaping that's shaping up, and it's been a kind of interesting card. I don't think I'll still stay up and watch it, but the problem uh, with I mean maybe it's not so much of a problem depending on your opinion of the fiend, right? Yeah. But once Roman or anybody beats, let's say Roman beats Bray Wyatt, uh, yeah. gives him the spear, 
gives him a second spear, whatever. Three spears, one, two, three. Dun, 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 dun. Right? Yeah. What do you do with the fiend then? Like, isn't the whole thing of the fiend that he took, what was it at the Hell in Cell? Like a, a, a toolbox to the face and just couldn't be put down? Yeah. Like, yeah. once he's beaten um, conventionally, like, what's left? Um, that he comes back with another wacky Give character me. called the Toolbox or something. The, the friend. I don't know. Yeah, the friend. And this time he he wants to be friends with everyone. Yeah. Right. I don't know something like that. I feel like they're almost. I know he's um the champion or whatever, mm-hmm. but going so quickly to Roman Bray, they're almost setting the fiend up to be like, All right, we're done with the fiend now. What's the next thing? Mm. Mm. Uh, also today okay. oh. you had uh, Shingo Gotto for the uh, never open weight title I haven't had a chance to watch it yet but I believe it was very good mm. that was my match of the year last year you might remember mm. so I might check that out at some stage this week if I have time uh, not watching Oscar movies or RuPaul how many Oscar movies you got left uh, six. Five, six. Six. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, one a day, nearly. Yeah, I mean, like I said, with the weekend, I could probably fit two or three in at the weekend. I have yeah. I have some of the big hitters left. I have three of the big hitters left. And then I have three... Yeah. <laughs> three of those. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have Marriage Story, Little Women, and 1917. Um, oh, oh, good. They're all Best Picture nominees and between mm. between them out of the nine categories that i consider important they have uh 12 nominations uh marriage stories for best picture best actress best actor original screenplay and supporting actress little women has four and 1917 is three and then i also have uh bombshell harriet and pain and glory Mm. Uh, Harriet and Pain and Glory are only nominated for one award each Best Actress and Best Actor Uh, so there you go I'm excited to watch uh, the three big ones I think I'm going to leave Marriage Story for last I'm kind of expecting the most from that Little Women I'm going to do tomorrow like I said Uh, and then I'll fit in Bombshell, Harriet, Pain and Glory somewhere in the middle Mm. Mm. Um, Pain and Glory is a Spanish language movie as well so that's one that I have to really devote time and attention to it rather than something like Bombshell I can kind of have on yeah and whack it on whack it on and you know if I'm a little bit bored I can ha- have my phone out and be oh, okay. yeah. can't do that with Pain and Glory because if I look away uh, no entiendo Espanol mm. Mm. it's a bit of a problem so, uh, so six remain of the twenty-two I started with. So, getting nice, there, nice. almost done. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, well, that's gonna do it for us. Yeah. For Parasite still the best movie. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, no, five stars. That's what did you make of the news, Joe? That they're already going to adapt it, and your boy oh, Adam McKay is going um, to be involved. Horrified. Horrified. Anyway, Correct that. Yeah, leave it as it was. 
Yeah, perfect. Uh, perfect. Never heard it. It was perfect. Never heard it. <laughs> Idiots. Um, yes, that is it. That is it. That's going to do us this week. Another yep. fantastic episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, lots of movie reviews. Um, we'll be back next week. Yeah. Um, with our Oscar, it'll still be Oscar preview at that yeah. point. Six reviews. Six more reviews. Uh, we'll do some Oscar predictions. Yeah. Uh, talk about dynamite power again yeah uh and it'll be that so um thanks for joining us check us out twitter twitter is cheshire pod uh, cheshirepodcast.com and of course you can find me and paul on twitter as well paul griffin csp and griff tannen yeah. um so i just need to say goodbye for this week hope you all have a fantastic week and goodbye from my colleague paul griffin goodbye